my family. Amen. Good to see everybody, all the wonderful smiles. Amen. The presence of God in this place says that you are not wearing a mask in the moment, that you're actually, amen, hosting his presence right now. Amen. And uh, you're open to going deeper in the presence of God. You're open for more of him. And uh, that comforts me because I can't give you more of him without him being the one doing it. And so I lean on him today to encourage my brothers and sisters. Amen. And um, he keeps helping me and reminding me of how important you are to him. And um, I'm thankful that he's given me an opportunity to be a part of this today. And all that are online, I know it's, uh, amen, it's um, the week the kids are out of school, spring break, and a lot of a lot of the families are out today, and that's encouraged. We need more time with one another. And uh, by the way, amen, since we're the house of God, that means we can actually leave this location, as we heard Dathan say, and uh, the Lord is with us. Amen. So if you're not taking out a little bit of extra time with your family, I encourage you to do that, spend time together. As my wife would encourage me to tell you, put the phone up. Amen. Put technology down and let the one who is above all that, let him be in charge a little bit. No, let him be in charge all the way. Amen. I know every one of y'all agree with what I just said, but the temptation to pick it up and monitor it and always check out what's going on around us. And, and the Lord's saying, give me that same passion and I'll show you really what's going on. <laughs> Amen. And we all agree with that. I know everybody in the room is like, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he hears our cry, help us. And ladies and gentlemen, we do need freedom from some of the things that we think we have to have. Nothing wrong with that phone. It's the spirit in our world and in our culture that has seeded us with ideas and motives that we don't even realize that are there. And we put a lot of influence and a lot of trust in things that Amen. It's nothing more than the arm of flesh. And I know that's Christianese to some of you, but when you depend on you, the guy in the mirror, the girl in the mirror, amen, we let that girl and that guy out of the grave that they need to stay in so that the true identity of Christ in us can explode from us. Every one of you have what it takes to host God's presence on a level that more joy than you can house. You can't, you can't house it. You can only accept it to come in, and then it just comes out of you like rivers of living water. You, the happiness that you're looking for, the Lord's ready to give it in measures that you can't contain. 
And uh, he wants to give us the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Today we're talking about our interest versus God's interest and, and what it looks like to seek first the kingdom. Very important. Because if, if you can make that step, anything is possible. And it's just a simple step of agreement with him. Amen. It's just a simple step. Let me, let me say it this way. Before the covenant between God and humanity happened because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me say it this way. The marriage ceremony hadn't changed. The Lord doesn't demand the one he wants to marry him. He asks for her hand. He's knocking at the door. And all the kids that are born, and there's children being born right now, can be a part of that body. You've got to catch this. And so the kingdom of God is the very presence of God that covers us. I heard an old elder teach it one time about the marriage ceremony and the Jewish custom, how that the, the, um, the groom, the the bridegroom would actually step over his bride and cover her as a signal, letting everybody know she has, and she, what she's doing is she's bending down and humbling herself and submitting to his covering. Our husband, our God, as kids, our daddy, is the biggest one on the block of all creation. He got all the muscle. He's all powerful. But he don't push his way in. He loves his way into our hearts and lives. And he wants us to have the best of the best. And he's letting the enemy of darkness know, I've covered her. You have no right. You have no place. She has humbled herself. She's adorned herself. I'm talking about us as the bride of Christ. We've put on a quiet and a gentle spirit. And that's what makes us holy, set apart from everything else in all of creation. And all of his creation is watching this relationship of us humbling ourselves before the one who is all powerful. Instead of us acting powerful, we know who is powerful. And he gives us his power, his authority. How? By covenant name. We receive his name in covenant. And that covenant ceremony hasn't changed, ladies and gentlemen. It's still the same as it is it was in the old tabernacle. It was a that old tabernacle was a type and shadow of Christ to come. And what it took for you to be a part of the most holy place in the old tabernacle and receive the blessing of the high priest, which is a type of Christ, is the same way we get the blessing today, but now, amen, we can go into the inner chamber. Because the veil has been rent, the flesh has been torn. 
You and I have been given access to the most powerful dynamic there is, the very presence of God. And you and I feel that right now. The thing about this is so awesome is we can be filled with it. That's what's awesome about it. And you've got some disciples, some followers, and he's inviting people to come follow him. And then there's people following that he hadn't said to come follow, but they're hanging out because he's attractive. Look, you're about to become so attractive. There's going to be people that can't help but follow you to him. They can't help it. And the reason you're going to be so attractive is because you found out this thing's light and easy and he's been wanting a relationship more than you've been wanting a relationship. And we all say, I need, everybody says, I need Jesus. But when you make your mind up that I'm going to give him all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, then just like that and him dropping his garment over his bride, when you decide to adorn yourself with a quiet and gentle presence, attitude, spirit, you get every bit of the kingdom. Not because we deserve it. Not because we humbled ourselves but because he loves us. And the only real dying is he died it. He, he gave it all so that we could die to the person in the mirror. We could actually tell that person in the mirror, you've had your day, and I got a lot of scars and issues right now because of you. Because you keep believing this idea that you're smart. You're actually intelligent. And by the way, the Lord sees you as treasure. That's more valuable than your intelligence. That's more valuable than the idea that you can figure two plus two out equals four. Once you start figuring out you can add, you might think you can do more stuff and then, well, I'll just be God too. I've done that, y'all, and it does not work out well. What works out well for me is when the presence of God becomes my objective. Oh, I am. Anytime you put on gentleness and quietness, the presence of God just, it just comes in waves. But when I'm beating my chest trying to prove my point and I need to be heard, I'm pushing him aback. And he'll say, okay, let me know how that works out for you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so the disciples begin to observe that, man, every time he goes to pray, cities get turned right side up. Whole cities get healed. I mean, my goodness, we see the dead being raised. And, and the lepers being cleansed and the blind eyes opening. And, 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 and we see people, all of a sudden, they just keep hanging out. He's just a magnet wherever he goes. 
the kingdom has showed up. The kingdom had come. God, the presence, the presence, God, came in flesh and made his abode among humanity, what he in love with. And so they say, Lord, obviously we don't know how to pray. Would you show us how to pray? Help us, amen, to host the thing that you're hosting, that we're missing out on. And every bit of that prayer reflects and describes the journey of one going through the very gate of thanksgiving of the temple, the outer court into the inner court. Thanksgiving, praise, worship. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy Okay, now, when I submit to that's the greatest name, that, there's no name above it. And it says something to me about identity, God's identity. And that he has chose to give that identity to you. If I'll humble myself to that reality with thanksgiving, how simple and light this is, he covers me. Instead of, well, the Lord understands. I can't help it. This is who I am. And he'll just have to be okay with what he's got. Anybody ever said that before? You, you said it out loud too, huh? I know. And it don't work out well, does it? Because we keep falling on our face. And we're not getting any younger. We're getting uglier every day. It's amazing how good looks and youth go together. <laughs> Humility is coming whether we like it or not. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Eventually... The sooner we do it, the more fun we have, right? Something about adorning ourselves and putting on a quiet and a gentle spirit attitude. It moves heaven into the moment in the scene, and he, he, he will be in covenant with that. He will not be in covenant with any other spirit but that. Why? Because he gave everything. He gave everything. He gave it. The least I can do is put on a quiet and a gentle. That's the least I can do for what he did for me. And yet in our culture, there's so much pushback in justifying the fact that I'm an American. I deserve this. I have rights. And God bless our nation. I'm, God bless our nation. Thank you, Jesus, for America. But if you really want to help, help the Lord and serve the Lord and his passion for the people in our nation, then become Christ. Become Christ. And if you become truly Christ and, hap and you also happen to be an American, you can be effective now. But as long as you're an American that happens to go to church, 
and check off boxes because i got to work for Jesus. Pastor, you're meddling right now. Yep, the enemy's ticked off too because how many of y'all are doing for God instead of being for God? And the disciples decided to teach us to pray because uh, obviously there's something going on between you and heaven when you go to pray. And uh, we, we, we want to catch on. And that whole prayer moves us into a place where we're not guessing, but we know that all power, all glory, all dominion, all authority belongs to him. And that he's chosen you and I to be the place where he demonstrates that authority and that dominion and that power. That's why people are going to begin to follow you to him because they can't help it. They're so attracted to the relationship between you and God. They're so affected by the fact that there's a love there and a dynamic of God's presence that I don't know what you got, but I got to have it. And as the bride of Christ, what do we do for a husband? We take care of his treasure, don't we? We take care of his heritage. We serve his will. That's not culturally correct in our world right now, is it, to be a wife? And I'm not, foc I'm not focused on, you know, the woke generation. I'm focused on the people, amen, that need to be woke by Jesus. Our God's not confused. He's not confused. And I'm not mocking anybody. I am mocking the liar, the prince of darkness that keeps puking out all this junk that causes confusion and heartache and pain and broken relationships and sickness and the dead. All that stuff that's going on is coming out of hell. But heaven came 2,000 years ago and opened up the door and said, Come to me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We don't have to be beat up no more because our daddy is a loving father and he's a protector. He's a, he, he, he is the provider. Amen. He's never going to leave you nor forsake. Come on. Anybody's daddy ever left them before? Come on. Our world's full of fathers that didn't know how to be like our heavenly father. Amen. They were beat up too. They were carrying baggage that they didn't want to carry. And our churches. People are coming. The buildings are full of people looking for answers because they're hurt. And the common denominator, ladies and gentlemen, is the presence of God. The presence of God. Ah. Seek ye first the kingdom. Everybody in this room has been designed by our Heavenly Father in such a way that you know when the King is around. You know it. Everybody knows when this King is close by. 
And he's always been close by. Amen. Sometimes we hear another voice screaming louder than his voice. Amen. And the pain that you have in your life that's so unfair, nothing right about it, God is greater than that. Amen. He will not supersede our choosing. He gives us choice. He gives us choice. And uh, I was reminded a couple of weeks ago uh, through a message that one of our directors sent out to the leaders on the awe of God. The awe of God. The, in other words, having a fear of God. And, and that meant, simply means being afraid of being without God. That's all it means. Which is, you should, you should have an awe of God. There should be a need to, amen, always be with him. And there should be a respect on the level that, man, I'm so into hosting God's presence, I'm afraid to ever be without him. Because I found out without him, I'm in trouble. I found out without him, I can't do nothing but with him. So how, how, do, how can we know, ladies and gentlemen, that my interest is God's interest in others? And, and, and I've just challenged everyone here today, first myself, amen, that it, when, you, when you pray the prayer that it's, it's called the disciples' prayer, not the Lord's prayer, it's the disciples' prayer. I'm, I'm teaching you how to pray so that the kingdom will come in your life. You can know that if the kingdom is evident in your life, that when you get to the portion of the prayer where, Lord, forgive me, even... As I forgive them who trespass against me. That would be one indication that potentially you might be moving towards God's interest in others. And you know, we could pause a minute right now and have an altar call on that, couldn't we? That I'm at a building where we've gathered. And by the way, our gathering in this building does not qualify us for salvation. You, you, you gather, being here today, you, I'm going to church. That does not assure you that you're saved. But I can tell you what does assure you that you're saved is his presence his residence in his house. And you can know, you can know that he's here in the house. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy, for your presence. And I feel a sense right now that pausing long enough to make sure he's getting closer he's getting closer anybody feel him in here i'm not i'm not talking about man i feel god do you feel a pressure in here oh. if you don't that's where he starts from he don't start from here 
You start from the inner belly, the inner being. You see, when, when, he's, when Lazarus come forth, y'all got to catch this because your spirit is just like Lazarus in a grave. And while everybody's weeping over the fact that Lazarus is in a grave, our Father in flesh is weeping for us because we won't believe. All things, all things, not some things, all things are possible to them that believe. And he'll bring forth the dead. And right now, there's some of us he's ready to bring forth. In the presence of the one that was at the tomb before the feast day of Pentecost is standing there saying to you, nose to nose, I am the resurrection and life. And he hadn't even been to the cross yet, y'all. God in flesh hadn't paid their debt off yet. And he's letting them know, I am the resurrection and life. And here in your innermost being is a spirit. And every one of us that were born the first time, thank God for mom and dad stewarding us to where we are today. Thank you, Jesus. That first birth, it looked like you were alive. But you were dead. And I, I know, I, 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 got, I got the blue cigar, bubblegum cigar. And the pink bubblegum cigar when my kids were born. But I knew when I held them, y'all, I knew that they were going to have to be born again. And that mama and me were given the opportunity to be stewards of our father's heritage and serve them, and we did the best we knew how. We was wet behind the ears more than we can imagine. And God worked with a lot of mess-ups. But you know what? He didn't repent up for none of that. And whatever storms our children have been through because of me and her or just because of life and because of, huh, God will visit the iniquities for four generations? What, what's the purpose in God visiting the iniquities for four generations? Why would you do that, God? Because where light and darkness meet, miracles happen. Come on, your, your biological mom and dad made some bad choices, and their mom and dad made some bad choices, and their mom and dad made some bad choices. Are y'all tracking? And it produced consequences that our culture right now wants to blame our moms and dads generations ago for being stupid. And we're doubly stupid because we're doing that. Are y'all tracking? I'm not okay, and it's your fault, and you need to change so I can have a better day. And the only one that can change us is him. 
In his presence, there is fullness of joy. The preacher can't preach good enough to change you. I, I, I've studied that Bible many years, and my wife will, is kind of offended because I probably spent more time doing that than I did being a good husband. And there's been repentance for that. Ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me encourage you. In his presence, you can become an epistle read and known of all men. Out of relationship, he will manifest. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, because the word, who is God, became flesh, you and I who are flesh can be transformed into his likeness as by the Spirit of the Lord. Not because you study 66 books in the Bible. And I don't know when it stops casting that demon out. I don't know when it stops because our Christian world is full of studying the Bible rather than studying the presence of God. And if you are not entertaining his presence while you're reading the Bible, you're just equipping yourself for more of a fuss and an argument and a debate than you are for the kingdom. Without him, you'll debate with everybody. With, with him, there's such a spirit of humility and such a spirit of meekness and quietness that you won't debate with nobody. You're not going to argue the word of God with nobody. When, you, when you're in his presence, you won't argue. You don't have a point to prove in his presence. Come on, this has happened some of us today because some of us have spent time debating the word of God and at the same time quenching the spirit vexing the spirit because Jesus won't do that. Is this helping anybody? In his presence, there's an unction. In his presence, there's an explosion of, amen, unction where God can now speak and the truth will make you free. Our world does not need Dwayne Lowe's Bible studies. Our world needs to see a relationship between him and the one who is sitting on the throne. Our world needs to see the love of God, amen, oozing from me, spilling out into the other path. Come on, we need Jesus. We don't need, amen, Bible studies. Y'all, if y'all check my computer out, I've got Bible studies lined up. And I guess I had to go down that road to get delivered from the fact that I can save anybody. I can't save anybody. You know, I got some good stuff here. But right now, it's not God stuff. The God stuff is happening because there's an unction right here. He's encouraging me to trust him. 
and not lean on the crutch he keeps letting me bring up here ever. It really is good stuff. It's just, it's not God's stuff right now. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom. This should relax some of us tonight because we've been working real hard trying to make sure there's food on the table. The note is paid on the car. The mortgage is paid. We have a little bit of extra money at the end of the month, hopefully, that we're saving a dollar or two. And if you spend your time trying to keep up with that, you won't seek first the kingdom. But if you seek first the kingdom and you you begin to understand what that looks like and you embrace it by trusting God, he will add all the food you need on the table, all the money you need in the bank, and he'll take, and all of a sudden you find out you don't own nothing. That he owns it all and he's entrusted into your care as a steward what he owns. But he'll let us play owner how long? As long as it takes. He'll let us think that I got a dollar. It's my dollar. He'll let you claim that dollar until you keep losing. You just keep going. I don't know what happened. It was in my hand just a moment ago. Now it's gone. Right? Until we find out that the most treasurable thing that we can host and have in our life is him. Because my daddy owns all businesses and all governments and all hills and all the cattle on those hills. And But do I believe he's my daddy? That's the question. And yes, he is regardless if I believe or not. Will I let him validate his identity in my life? And so how many of us are Working overtime, overtime. I, I really didn't mean to read a few scriptures. <laughs> but that wasn't going to be obedient to daddy. How many of us are working overtime trying to be a good person? Or let me say it this way. We're working overtime putting on a mask that we're a good person. Putting on our religious garment that that as long as I wear this they'll think I'm close to Jesus as long as I say these phrases these Christianese phrases let me introduce myself to you after service and I'm looking at the guy in the mirror dealing with the reality of that being true I like interaction This is a small group, y'all. Look, the Lord wants to set you up in his presence to the place where when you go in HEB, there's a small group at the cash register. There's a small group on aisle 10. There's a small group over there in the dairy product. There's small groups happening everywhere you go because the Lord's on a treasure hunt through you all the time. 
And all he needs is you just to host him. Let him be with you. Well, let me digress. He's with you regardless. Let him be in you. Let him be in you. Um, how many opportunities do we miss because he's with us and we just won't let him be in us? Oh, Lord, I don't know. They could do this or they could do that if I... Well, let him in. Let him in and he'll comfort you and he'll give you peace. And all of a sudden this boldness that you didn't have prior to him being in, you can't have it with him with you. You can have it when he's in you. And so let me say it this way. If you're not enjoying a boldness right now in the spirit where you'll walk with Jesus on water and where you'll go wherever he goes, you need to let him in. Well, Pastor, I shook the preacher's hand 20 years ago. Is anybody tracking yet? So the preacher didn't save you. Ah. Oh. You mean the preacher didn't give you no boldness? Because he wasn't the preacher. The preacher is Jesus. The apostle is Jesus. The evangelist is Jesus. The pastor is Jesus. The, pa the teacher is Jesus. And everybody has access to him. He is the prophet. And if you'll ever let him in, guess what? You get the whole package. Well, I'm not called to preach. Everybody is called to preach. Let's get, let's get the enemy out. Every one of us have a tongue, a very unruly member. The most unruly member in your body is your tongue. And the Lord wants to be in charge of that thing. But if we don't let him in, we'll say all kind of stuff. And we'll even put the abracadabra on the end of it. What do you mean, Pastor? In the name of Jesus. We'll say what the devil's telling us. We'll quote a scripture and then put in the name of Jesus behind it. Thank the Lord that I've been there, done that. Got the t-shirt and the Lord helped me burn it. Because I'm beating up my wife, and I don't even know it. I'm being a man of God. I'm beating my wife up, beating my children up. have no clue that that's happening. And I can quote a lot of that Bible. And instead of bringing life, bringing death. Yeah, the letter will kill you, but only the Spirit, His presence, will bring life. And I was worse than a gossiper. I just had an ordination that qualified me to kill people with the word. Hello? Boy, am I being transparent to y'all today. But I'm finding out what it looks like to entertain a quiet and a gentle spirit and what comes with it. 
And I promise you, there's country boys still in me. I grew up where a good brawl and a fight just kind of qualified your testosterone. And I didn't run from that stuff growing up. And it took the Lord to deliver me from the lie. It took the Lord to set me free from being weak by trying to convince everybody, I'd be careful if you cross this line. I wouldn't do that if I was you. <laughs> Hello? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It took the Lord to deliver me from arrogant weakness so that he could have his son who he says is powerful. And we'll take on his identity. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And to actually walk in the name of Jesus. The only way anyone can be in the name of Jesus is to let the king come to his kingdom within. You can't be in the name of Jesus and not be in the presence of God. You can't. Jesus says, where two or three gather in my name, I will be in there. What's going to happen when he gets in there? That, that's church. Two or three that come together in his name, that's the church. Where two or three sons and daughters come together and they agree in his that's the church. I'm there. That's why small groups is not a suggestion, ladies and gentlemen. Going from house to house is the kingdom of God. And our culture is not supporting that. Everybody's work, their work down. And then on top of that, to, to be a part of a church family, you got to check off all these boxes. And working for the Lord looks totally outside the dynamic of the Spirit of God being Lord in His house. And so I'm, I, I deal with this weekly. People are tired. Their relationships are on edge. And they'll tell you, I believe in Jesus. What's wrong with that? You can't believe in Jesus. And the kingdom not manifest. You can't. If I believe in Jesus, the kingdom of God will manifest in his righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Now, I'm closing with this real quick because we didn't get through today. I still got three points on one. And they're good. They're good. They're just not God yet. They'll turn into God at the right time. <laughs> Peter and, and uh, Judas really were convinced that the Abrahamic covenant looked a certain way. And they were devoted to this Abrahamic covenant between God and Abraham. And we are the children of Abraham. And the idea of the Messiah coming looked a certain way to them. It wasn't true, though. 
it was distorted with interpretations that were handed down. You know, you always get the added stuff. You know, the word of the Lord said this, but then we're going to put this on it so you can understand it. It's just all these riders on this insurance policy. (laughs) And it wasn't God. But it impacted Peter and Judas to the point that they, they were fully devoted. They loved Jesus. And just like many Christians love Jesus, but they just, they, they love God, but they don't fear God. They're not afraid to be apart from God. Does that help you? The fear of God means simply, I'm afraid to be apart from God. I, I can't afford to be separated from him. I, I just can't, I can't make it without him. And so you, all of a sudden, Instead of me saying I love God, all of us, because my 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 human way of loving is not even compared to the true love dynamic that God is ready to invest in me. And this is another way you can you can say you're moving the right direction when it comes to my interest versus His interest in others. When, when, when major, when you're more important to me than I am to me. This is what this is what the spirit of the one that wrote through the one that wrote the letter. When major becomes more important to me than I to myself, this is the mind of Christ. He he valued you more than his own life. He valued you so much that instead of requiring you to die, he took all the debt and paid it off. Are y'all tracking? You're moving the right direction when it comes to his interest in others rather than my God. I'll serve them based on, amen, my interest in others. When you truly develop an awe, a fear of God, where you cannot be apart from his presence, all of a sudden I can't serve my sister enough because in going after it on that level, I'm going after him. That's life and life more abundantly. And so Peter and Judas, they they loved Jesus. But they were convinced there ain't no way they're killing him. The Messiah has come. We're about to take over. Our daddy Abraham going to be proud of us because we worked our way over there to sit right down next to him. Anybody do church like that? And you'll start checking off box after box after box trying, and boy, I'm getting closer to Jesus. And you work hard and work hard, and all of a sudden you don't know why you're so tired because I'm working for Jesus. No, you're not. Checking off boxes for Jesus. And all we're doing is playing Messiah. Trying to earn our way in to God's good graces. You can't earn. It's not possible for you to ever earn your way in 
to God saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The only thing you can do is open up your heart and let him come. Quit trying to figure out what's going to happen when he comes in. It don't matter. When you get to where it don't matter, now you're getting the kind of awe of God that you need to get. If he needs your most unruly member to be evidence that he's Lord in his house, can he decide to do that? Well, then get over your little Bible studies that try to qualify that out. I was able to say that, and the enemy lost his, his ability to hold, hold you captive to his lie. This is very important. Peter and Judas come to realize because they denied him. Peter denied him, just like Jesus said, you think you're all in, Peter, and I know you have an, an affection for me, but you're not all in like you think because you don't have the power and the authority to go where you think you're going to go for me. You can't do it. But I'm going to make sure you get it. And Judas loved Jesus, and he was just trying to build up the kitty a little bit. Anybody trying to build up the kitty for Jesus? It's amazing some of the things we'll do because we have this perception of him that's not true. Jesus wants us to learn about his ways. He gave him... God so loved the world, the Spirit, God, so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only body, only one body, or the Spirit of God so loved the world that he gave his only body, his son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting. Come on, we're talking about presence. We're talking about kingdom, kingdom. And every one of us is in this room as we stand. Every one of us in this room right now, you know the king's here. You know he's here. You're, you're designed. You've been wired by God himself to know when his presence is near. I need him so much in my life right now, it doesn't matter what you think. If he wants to do something through me right now. Well, let me say it this way. I need Jesus so much right now that what, whatever the process, the format of the marriage covenant looks like, whatever that looks like, I'm okay with it if anyone disagrees because all that matters is his agreement. I'm going to be more powerful if I humble myself before his mighty hand. I'm going to be more in dominion of what he wants me to in dominion. If anybody wants victory over darkness, lies, let, let's say it this way. Anybody want victory over depression, anxiety, sickness, disease, financial woe? 
There's something about adorning ourselves in humility and quietness and meekness that the king comes on. And let me just say this. In a marriage covenant, there's intimacy. Don't get rated X, Pastor. There's intimacy. And we submit and we yield. And we let him have access. Is anybody, some of us are about, you can feel it right in here. Uh, uh, does it really matter what anybody thinks? Does it matter what your religious background says? That's a lie anyway if it does. We need to cast down all religious thoughts and ideas that has held us captive from peace and joy in the spirit and be born again. Does anybody want this? Guest, it's so good to have you today, but amen, for the next little bit, this place is going to be a place for people receiving and letting him in. Letting him in. Not just feeling God, but letting God come into his house and sit down at the table of the innermost dynamic place Amen. Of all of God's creation, the spirit of humanity. It's time for Lazarus to come forth. It's time for Lazarus to come out of the grave. It's time for who God says you are to live. It's time, amen, for a community to be impacted by the fact that you host the very presence and power of the Spirit. It's time for you to become so attractive by the presence of God that people can't help but follow you to their miracle, to their life, amen, to their experience in God. So I invite you, amen, to forget about who's around you for the moment. And if God's prompting you to encourage someone and help them to make a step, do so. But remember, make sure that you let them in God get intimate. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your presence. We receive you right now, Daddy. Amen. If you want to come forward, I promise you every step you make, you'll start feeling God on another level. Amen. Wow, it's awesome to, to make an act of worship by making a step forward to Him. He will not reject you. He will not push you back. The best is yet to come today in your life. Let's open up our hearts. Just you and Jesus, right?